something is wrong, and it's time to stand up. You are listening to the John Age Show. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. You found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the Anomic Age, and I'm your host, John H. Happy to be back with you once again, this time in the not-so-wee hours of the a.m. coming at you in the p.m. right about now. A little bit early, not really. You know, we're, it's, we're 12.48. We're not early at all here on the East Coast. Nevertheless, we got a great show for you today. We got none other than Christopher Fogarty with us. But before we get into that, please check out anomicage.com, where you can find all things me, Share all the links, friends, family, loved ones, and enemies. Uh, we got new stuff at the bottom there. We got a new subscribe by email link, um, a lightning link. As always, paypal.me forward slash anomicage, patreon.com forward slash anomicage as well. Uh, free newsletter, free iPhone app, free Android app. I think that's about it. Oh, one more important thing. I am back on Twitter somehow, so if you'd like to share that link, Hashtag Anomic Age, hashtag John Age. I'm new to Instagram, and after about three years back on Twitter, somehow. Uh, well, I mean, I I asked, I emailed, I said, hey, what do you think? But uh, nevertheless, enough of that. Let's get into it with our guest, Christopher Fogarty. Christopher Fogarty was born in Chicago and raised on a farm in Ireland. He worked with his father, contract plowing, meadow mowing, and on a threshing mill. He has a degree in civil engineering and has worked around the world on major engineering projects. He served with the U.S. Army in France. He has spent many, many years investigating the truth about the Irish quote-unquote famine and runs a website where he exposes the truth about the deaths up to 5 million Irish people in the 1840s was a result of a systematic policy by the British to starve the rebellious Irish out. He's been a regular columnist for the past 19-plus years in Irish-American news, runs a website, irishholocaust.org, and is the author of Ireland, 1845-1850, The Perfect Holocaust and Who Kept It Perfect. Christopher, thank you so much for being with us, sir. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm so glad you uh, you stuck around with us today. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Just one minor correction there in in that I'll have to uh, make that correction. Um, I'm I'm not a columnist with the Irish American News for the last few years. I was with them for 20 years. Not now. Okay. Um, but the that is a fact about the starvation of Ireland. We were all taught. Famine. It's like some of us were taught potato famine in mm-hmm. school. And some people think that the Irish grew nothing but potatoes, and then when that crop failed, they all died. There was indeed a potato blight that did kill that one crop, but they had huge, huge hundreds of thousands of acres of oats and wheat and barley and root crops of all kinds, turnips and other things of all kinds, all kinds of livestock, cattle, milk, dairy products, poultry, poultry products, all of that was there in abundance and it was escorted out of the country 
and it took more than half of the British Empire Army at the time to complete that genocide, to to move all the food out of the country. Uh, At the time, all of Ireland was owned by English landlords, essentially all of it. Um, You might post that one uh, photograph or painting of Queen uh, Victoria meeting her first cabinet. Okay, I'll put that up right now. In 1837. It describes, uh, it shows that her key advisors, all of course Englishmen, uh, all aristocrats, were also owners of huge portions of Ireland. Uh, they never paid for it. They didn't buy it. They just, on the basis of their of their army, they just declared themselves the owner of, owners of it. Centuries earlier, they, they were the what? They were not the the original robbers, uh, but they were descendants of the original robbers. And it was from the labor of the people in Ireland producing all that wealth that made them the aristocrats that they lived up to be. So all of those those men shown in that painting, mm-hmm. if it will come up, mm-hmm. um, were um, were landlords in Ireland. In Ireland, they were of course Englishmen. They lived in England, but they had they had uh, land managers running their estates in Ireland, typically a hundred thousand or fifty thousand acres. And and of those of those three mentioned or four that are mentioned there, uh, three of them were British prime ministers. Hmm. So, so the, the Irish government and Irish academia insist today that all of Ireland's landlords of that time were Irish. But to see, to see how Irish they were, one can just look at the, at the names and the and the and the amount of land each of Queen Victoria's chief advisors owned in Ireland or controlled in Ireland. Um, approximately 5.2 million people were murdered by starvation and and perhaps in, the, in resisting the robbery of their food crops. Um, but the, the army went into Ireland on the basis that all of the production of the Irish was owned by the local English landlord who owned maybe 15 square miles or miles square in that area. And they, those landlords claimed the all wealth produced by everyone on their estates. Uh, there's a parallel to what was done in those years and to what is now being planned in the, uh, the entire globe. And it seems to be essentially the same people involved in this in this Irish Holocaust and by the way I use Holocaust advisedly it has it has precedent usage a very important when it comes to the use of such labels as genocide or Holocaust or other things World War two World War one uh, labels are important they must be honest and Holocaust applies to Ireland because it was written of as Holocaust by writers at the time. And in the Cork Examiner newspaper, it's now the same newspaper is now named the Irish Examiner because it's no longer a county newspaper. It's now a national newspaper. In starting on the 4th of May, 1846, and continuing until the 19th of November, 1855, that newspaper, the Examiner, 
reported events as Holocaust. Hmm. And so there's no no uh, uh, indignity or no dismissal of, of what the Jews are claiming. Uh, there can be two Holocausts. In fact, there have been quite a number of them. Yeah. Uh, and the Irish seems to be currently the earliest one, the one with most right to the label. But again, there's no proprietary interest in this. No one should claim it, in my opinion. So there was a, that took place in Ireland. The, the map of Ireland, mm-hmm. if that could be posted by any chance, is um, shows a hundred and something like a hundred and eighty mass graves from that time. The 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 British commander in chief, General Sir Edward Blakeney. Uh, led 67 regiments of Britain's 126 regiment army. More than half the British army were in Ireland in those years to achieve that robbery of the production of Irish foods. And the ships sailed out, uh, and mostly to England, but also to feed the military across the empire. So that's the that's the the situation. Uh, a strange result or a strange follow-up to that genocide is that in schools in America today, including Loyola University and DePaul University in Chicago, they continue to teach the lie of famine and potato famine, and they resist adopting the truth. They don't say why they resist. I don't understand why they could insist upon lying about history, but they do. And they cannot deny the facts. My book contains the dates that each regiment went into Ireland, where it moved around from place district to district within Ireland. Every move it made during its time in Ireland is all recorded in my book. They cannot deny it. And the same is true for all 67 of those perpetrating regiments. It's all undeniable. The record is quite clear. It comes from the British government's own disposition of the army records handwritten in those specific years. And so uh, we do not know why the Irish government of today, supposedly free, ostensibly free, and why all of the schools in Ireland continue to teach famine, the lie of famine. And they don't say it's a lie. They teach they teach that lie as if it were the truth. And and in fact, we all learned in school in Ireland that we dare not uh, rebut that claim of potato famine we, because we would get a failing grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth, the truth is not permitted in the era of the big lie. And the era of the big lie, uh, the United States is fully in it today, of course, but the era of the big lie uh, regarding regarding the Irish Holocaust has been going on since the very beginning. Uh, the American lie, you have to say, when did that begin? The, the that Russia attacked Ukraine, of course, is a is a brazen lie because the the puppet regime that we set up in Ukraine, Victoria Nuland set it up. She she spent five billion of our dollars to get rid of the elected government of Ukraine and replace it with her own her own choice for the governor for the presidency of Ukraine. That's all a matter of record. Her telephone call, that's the Victoria Newland's 
telephone call to Ambassador Pyatt in in 2014 was hacked. It's available to the world. The world has heard it already, and there's no need to 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 try to deny it. That's a fact. So the the regime that runs Ukraine since 2014 has been a puppet run by our neocons. Uh, the neocons got together in uh, about what, 20-some years ago upon the beginning of the collapse of the Soviet system, and they decided that they would try to take over the world. Yeah. Um, they have written a paper uh, entitled A Project for a New American Century, and its main, its core component is full-spectrum dominance, which they define as the conquest of planet Earth and space. Uh, currently, they have, essentially, they have the globe, or they would have the globe if they had defeated Russia and then finally China. These two nations are the only two that stand between the neocons and their goal of full-spectrum dominance. So all of us, all decent people who, who want peace and justice have to pray for and work toward the defeat of the neocons and, the, and NATO in Ukraine. Uh, the way it's currently set up, we are evidently so keen to destroy Russia before we before we destroy China, that we are prepared to fight the Russians in Ukraine to the last surviving Ukrainian. We are willing to sacrifice all of those Ukrainians. So this notion of of carrying the blue and yellow flags, that's merely a, a, a con. It is an effort to get us behind the killings of of Ukrainians and Russians. And so this is a carryover of what went on in Ireland 170-some years ago. And the same forces are behind both genocides. This, this one will have to develop a new word. It's maybe omnicide. It's, it's hard to believe that someone would think of killing on the, st- on the scale of what the neocons have planned. And now with Klaus Schwab... And, and Justin Trudeau and others, they're all the acolytes of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. But the group that were pushing for this demolition, this destruction of Ireland, this genocide, the wiping out of the entire people, that was the city of London and the, and, and the, the British army and mm-hmm. the, the aristocrats of Britain, essentially, mm-hmm. essentially the city of London. They're the people who have been running the British Empire. They were the ones behind the British Empire. They were the ones who set up slavery everywhere. They were the ones who murdered uh, ten, uh, something like 10 million people uh, in India and what is now Bangladesh. And in fact, uh, uh, a little side aspect of this is that Queen Victoria had an advisor her uncle, her mother's brother, uh, King Leopold I of Belgium. He was her advisor, all starting when, when she, was, she was beginning to be able to read. He, he, he mentored her by letter when he wasn't visiting her in, in England. And 
he advised her all the way through the genocide, the Holocaust of Ireland. Uh, later, King Leopold I's son murdered some 11 people in the wholly owned by King, by King Leopold II, the Belgian Congo. That was a corporation that was owned by one person, King Leopold II, the son of the same man who was the advisor to Victoria. So the, the perpetrator of Belgian Congo, the murder of some 11 million people there, he was a cousin of Queen Victoria. So we have first cousins who are who are fellow genocidists. It's really shocking. But the, the, the rest of the picture is not entirely that tight, that close. The city of London later became pretty much Wall Street in the United States and the slavery system in the U.S. South. Uh, the fight has been ongoing ever since between this, between those forces, the city of London, Wall Street, and the slavers in the South up until fairly recent times, except that the slavers of the South, the slave owners mm-hmm. of the South, have been replaced by the neocons. And uh, I must mention at this point yeah. a wonderful book <clears throat> by Anton Chaitkin. This is very important. Um, it's it's, it's uh, Who We Are is the main title of the book. America's Fight for Universal Progress mm-hmm. <clears throat> from Franklin to Kennedy and that was from the 1750s to the 1850s by Anton Chaitkin. It's a brand new book, only a few months old. Um, he, it describes the issues in which the city of London, Wall Street and the slavers on one side and the American system Benjamin Franklin and the most of the most of the founding fathers on the other side it describes the issues that were fought over they were in principle the same issues that face America and the world today we are we have never been near as near to being defeated in our in the American history as we are today it is shocking the the, the degree of ignorance of apathy, seeing that, considering that we're facing extermination, it is truly shocking. And I would ask everyone to do all they can to pressure their U.S. senators and U.S. congressmen. That's about the all we can do. Let them hear from you. They're hearing from the lobbyists who want the wars, who want these genocides to continue. This, this is all for profit. The genocide in Ireland, the Irish Holocaust, was for profit. The, the, the usurped fruits of the labor of an entire nation was robbed by the, the city of London and, and their aristocratic uh, friends and the royal family. And, and in, in the American South, we had the slavery that was defeated by the American system though it continued elsewhere, and the genocides continued wherever those forces operate. And Anton Chaitkin contends, and he, pl- he provides plenty of examples of the various issues that were similar to the, one, uh, to the ones of slavery in the United States. Uh, 
they were all key issues, the, the spread of slavery, how far west it would go, the, the acquisition of new land, new land the, the kind of nation we would become. The American mm-hmm. system really was all about universal progress. It, it was so beautiful that the United States did become a light unto the world. We yeah. had much of it. The fight, the fight never ended. It was, it was a, a back and forth, to and fro fight from the very beginning. Uh, and according to Anton Chaitkin, Kennedy was on the right side of that. Hmm. But it seems that I can't name a president in our time who possessed the basic acceptance of reality, the truth, that was not part of, an, of, of empire building. It's it's truly tragic. And when we had our crash of 1929, we almost tipped over into anarchy. Uh, a great man, General Smedley Butler, Marine, Marine General Smedley Butler, was invited to become, to lead the fascist takeover. But instead of, instead of doing it, he betrayed his Wall Street friends and he denounced them and he saved us. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt adopted many charitable programs to defeat, to forestall communism. Mm-hmm. We almost dipped into communism or fascism at that time. The direction had Smedley Butler not not stood his ground as an honorable man, we would have tipped over into fascism, which would be more in line with, again, the city of London yeah. and, the, and the neocons today. So we – we so, There's again, so much – I, I, I was just going to jump in here, man. There's so much – to dive in with this man it's it's almost overwhelming how many how many irons in the fire there are with this whole thing but i've often heard it said that uh you know the the british never really left they just sort of lost the war like in in essence they're still pulling a lot of the strings over here in the u.s as they are in a lot of areas of the world and i always kind of thought that was a bunch of a bunch of hooey but i mean the more you start delving into this the more i got to kind of wonder if that's not somewhat legitimate because I mean, just on the education side of things, I was going to throw this out there because nobody knows this stuff. I mean, that's what's so, I would say perplexing, but it's not when you realize that the education system is just a propaganda arm. And I mean, you mentioned it just at DePaul right there in Chicago where there's a, a big Irish population. You would think there'd be a big outcry as there would, you know, in a large Jewish population or a large Armenian population or whatever where they're just not covering what really happened but i think it, it just goes so far back that nobody even remembers what really happened so they're just they're just freelancing they're going well if nobody cares we'll just we'll write this in sure you know like blue aliens yeah. from planet pop tart came and took the irish away that's what happened and yeah. and people yeah. just buy this mess but yeah. i would i would be along with the vast majority myself um uh, s- s- talking famine about ireland but I was doing my grandfather. I wanted to know about my grandfather. My father's father yeah. was born in 1839, died in 1923. So I never knew him. And he was, I've learned to be ashamed to say he was a British soldier. Mm. He, he, he helped to promote the empire in, in Australia, New Zealand, and India. 
he retired in 1881, the same year, by the way, that the British uh, military gave up the cat of nine tails as a tool of military discipline. But I, in, in researching at the public record office at the time in, in Kew outside London, and by the way, that's no longer the public record office. It's now the National Archives, the British National Archives in the same building outside, outside uh, in Kew outside London. But while there, I learned that the regiment that he joined in 1857 when he was 18 – when he was a boy of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years of age, had been removing the food from South County Galway. I was shocked because I believed everything I was taught in school. And so I continued to research and I found that more than half the British Army were in Ireland in those years where their sole mission, other than terrorizing the population was removing all the wealth from Ireland and the wealth was all agricultural product and they and the people starved as a consequence of being robbed of their own production it's, it's shocking stuff um, the and and it was robbed on the basis that everything produced by the Irish no matter how no matter whether it was grains or flour or poultry products uh, grains of all kinds, uh, whiskey and beers that are made out of grain, all of it belonged to the English who, who said they owned Ireland at the time. Oh, I must, uh, I must also say that the stench of, of British rule in Ireland became so strong internationally that the British government bought out all of its landlords from Ireland in 1900 to 1910. Hmm. And they all repatriated. Those who are not not already living in England repatriated to it. So there are uh, the land of Ireland might be the most the best distributed land of Europe today. It was just the big estates of fifty, sixty, seventy thousand acres were split into twenty-eight acre uh, survival holdings uh, with a, an acre or two of bog for fuel, the nearest bog for fuel, and. Uh, and people then were able to make their living on those little tiny farms from then on. It, it transformed them. It was very difficult living. We, we lived on one of those small farms outside Castlery in County Roscommon. Mm -hmm. And I lost a part of my potato crop every year by being just a few days late in, in giving it the, the spraying, the, the Bordeaux mixture, a mm. mixture of bluestone, what they call bluestone and washing soda, a copper sulfate and I think maybe sulfate of ammonia. And that's what killed the blight. But that was not present. So there was a blight. It killed one crop in the 1840s. But all the other crops mm. prospered, and it was all those other crops that that formed that torrent of Irish foods moving across into England, fifty to sixty shiploads a day out of Ireland of Ireland's food, while the people began to starve. So the map of Ireland today uh, shows, well, my map is. Uh, shows that there are about 180 mass graves. But my wife and I have been putting up memorials over mass graves at the request of local people too afraid of the Irish government to install mm -hmm. them themselves. And only two of them are in graves that we had already marked. Four mm -hmm. of them are in other locations that are, were not placed on the map. So there are probably something like 3,000 mass graves across the country. And I don't think it would be called a mass grave if there were less than, we'll say, 30 in it 
or maybe 25, something in that range, in order to be called mass grave. The one in, in Carr's Hole in Cork City, on the edge of Cork City, uh, it's reported there are some 30,000 people buried in it. They were mostly from the workhouse, in, in one of the workhouses in Cork, Cork City. So it is truly shocking what has been done, man's inhumanity to man. But it's more important perhaps to learn even about a past genocide to know the pattern as to what we are facing. I'm very, very concerned about the ability of the people to face down the genocidists that are now preparing to wipe them all out. When the crash hit in 1929, America was largely a an agricultural country, and the and the people in the in the cities were factory workers. They knew how to do things. They could use tools. They were practical, energetic people. Uh, I'm very much afraid about the nature of education that our children has been taught for the last decade or two in the United States, and that's true for the world. There seems to have been a program to stupefy the population, to make them more malleable by those who want to control them. The, 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 the spirit of empire exists today. And when you are told you will own nothing and you will be happy, you must refute that by asking that person who told you that, if we won't own anything, who will own everything? Yeah. That's the question. Who will be the owners? So we, we have work to do, and there are many different ways we can do it. But above all, we must give up on the mainstream news media, find another means of learning reality, of learning the truth, take control. Parents, take control of, their, of your children's education. Do not allow them to, to, be, to be turned into, into, into robots, un, un, unthinking people. Do not permit it. There's more to life than feelings. We must exercise the brains we were given. So yes. that's, that's about where I stand. Again, another, if all Americans, if the world would, lead, would read Anton Chaikin's book, Who We Are, Americans Fight for Progress, the, the examples of the earlier fights by our founding fathers as they aged the fights went on all their lives, and that 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 series of of of, of struggles by the by the promoters of the American system <clears throat> against the city of London, Wall Street, and the slavers in the South. In fact, the slavers were across were were everywhere in the United States. Slavery was was permitted everywhere at the time, and in fact. The Irish were the first slavery after after the Native Americans. The Irish were probably mm-hmm. the second slaves in, in in the United States. The notion that they were indentured only came after they were had, had gotten legal personhood. Mm-hmm. For so long as there was a for a few centuries in Ireland, the entire population were stripped of their legal personhood, all but five septs, five clans. The O'Neills of Ulster, the O'Connors of Connacht, the O'Briens of Tormund, the, the, the Kavanaghs of, um, 
of of Leeds, of uh, Leinster and the O'Loughlins and McLaughlins of the what was then a province of Meath. Those five families were the only legal human beings left in Ireland. All mm-hmm. the rest were stripped of legal personhood, and without legal personhood, they could be easily, readily murdered by any English person at the time. Obviously, if they had no legal personhood, they had no property because they could be robbed of their of any belongings they had, land or cattle or whatever else they might possess, was readily taken from them with, with no recourse because, again, without legal personhood, you are literally a slave. In fact, mm-hmm. to, lacking, to lack le- legal personhood would be the very definition of slavery. And that's and that was the condition of the Irish for so long as the English ran them. Again, this has nothing to do with the English of, of today. It probably had nothing to do with, with the majority of the English at that time. But the criminals who ran England then and and continue to ran to run Britain are are they're still there, and they still are are billionaires. And they are still perpetrating genocides, and they're they have and King Charles the Third is now a, an acolyte or maybe the leader of the Klaus Schwab group. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, we have very serious enemies. They're preparing to wipe us out, and we must defend ourselves. One of the ways might one of the ways they might uh, the steps they will take toward this uh, omnicide will be to force us to use their currency which they can turn off if they wish. We are entering very, very dangerous times. And I'm hoping that 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 enough people will wake up and take control of their own, become captains of your own ship. Do not, do not be obedient. Yeah. Uh, we had an example with with all of the mask wearing and the and the social distancing and the staying at home. Uh, it showed a weakness of the American people. Eve, and imagine that that a great many highly credentialed medical experts and virologists were stripped of their licenses because they were speaking truth in public. Mm-hmm. And we are not not enough of us of the American people stood up to defend them. And so we have work to do. We have plenty of allies. Let us let us join together and and work toward our common survivals. That's what we have to do. I mean, it, I was I was going to jump in on so many of these points, but if you look at at the city of London, I think that's that's so telling. If if you look at these various places, I always point to the big three. Which I think there may be one more, but the city of London, D.C., and the Vatican. These three places are, you know. They're not part of England. They're their own little entity that controls everything. Just like the District of Columbia, it's, it's not really a state. What? It's this weird district in the Vatican. It's not really part of the rest of Italy, but it's this own little bizarro world cult, if you will. And I, those yes. are sort of the big ops pulling these these strings. And, and you nailed it with, um, I just call it PSYOP-19 to sort of try to keep this video on the air. But PSYOP-19 was the perfect plan because they got everybody to willingly consent to, in essence, their own demise, certainly of of numerous businesses. I mean, where I'm at, you go down Main Street and it's everybody's hiring. Half the stores are empty. 
the ones that are still open, you know, nobody's going. It's just a mess. And it's like, yes, well, you willingly did this. They didn't have to put a gun yes. in anybody's head. They didn't have to put troops on the yes. street necessarily. They got everybody to go along with the gag um, yes. by using one of the oldest psychological tools, fear. I mean, that was it. Yes. They were saying, okay, well, if you if you follow these guidelines, the boogeyman won't get you. I mean, it's, it's so yes. childish. But yet you tell that to the average citizen, they're going, what are you talking about? I mean, the, you know, the the doctor said that we had to stay six feet apart in the store. The doctor yes. said you had to wear this mask. I mean, it's it's lunacy. But yet yes, people complied. I mean, the parallels often often made between the, the Nazi Holocaust. I'm like, how could all these knowingly uh, good German people go along with the gag? And I'm like, well, I now, you, now we you know. Just, we all we? just lived it for the last three know. years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now we know. Yes. By the way, I'd like to say, have been raised as as a very devout Catholic by very devout Catholic parents. Yeah. Who believed in the popes, that it was a shock to and and I know so. Most of the inspiring people of my lives have been priests and nuns and Christian brothers who taught us in the schools. Yeah, they're not and, bad. And, no, they're Not they're they're inspiring people, the, yes. the very best. But it just turns out, however, that your complaint or mention of the Vatican, it turns out that the British government, while all their genocides were going on in Ireland, and there were two previous ones prior to, there was one of of Elizabeth the first and and Cromwell, mm-hmm. where the popul- half the population was wiped out in each of those three separate genocides. And, and and the one earlier before before that of the of the Anglo Normans, there were four actual genocides. All of them were done with the okay of the Pope at the time. And the the Irish pleaded to and they sent emissaries to the Pope and they they wrote and they they talked to the to the Papal Nuncio. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing worked. The Vatican went with the city of London and the royal family, all through those centuries, it's so it's so disheartening to see it because again, I know of so many uh, of the finest of people who are devout Catholics, Absolutely. and they 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 had they had hopes for the Vatican. They they thought that the Pope was their the center of their of their beliefs. They were mistaken. It's so 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 sad. I mean that's a good point because none of these people are necessarily bad at the at the the people level. You know what I'm saying? Like my father's a Catholic yes. as well, and it, it's just amazing how much control that these different entities will have over this stuff. Yes. I mean, yes, and I think yes. the the people's failure to see what's really going on. I mean, I you could trace it back to the education, like we did, and just. The powers that be running these these psychological operations on people. I was, I mean, oddly enough, talking to my daughter about this last night. She was way too young to really grasp it, but I was like, you know, this is how they control people. I mean, it's literally the same. It's a boogeyman in the closet. If you don't stay in bed, you you know, the boogeyman's. I mean, this is the same really basic stuff that they use to control the populace, but. We think they're just doing it in a foreign land in the Middle East or they're just doing it here and there, but they don't grasp it's all happening here. They're doing this yeah. operation here. Like, you know, we, you know we, had, we had the great Barrington Declaration by some of the finest medical and virology minds in the United States. Mm-hmm. 
but the news media did not tell us about the Great Barrington Declaration by those people who opposed that entire uh, shake, that, that destruction of the country. And we haven't paid the economic price yet. That's still got. That's still uh, coming. The consequences of that shutdown. Uh, the the amount the amount of unpaid uh, mortgages through all those years. The commercial establishments, all of the 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 restaurants, all the rest. They haven't made their payments. The banks are 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 all in negative. It hasn't com- completely hit yet. It will, and. Uh, I'm just hoping that we that someone like a Roosevelt will come along again. But above all, we have to have a people willing to stand up for themselves. That's yeah. that's the key thing, and that's the main challenge we have, all of us. We mu- and we must we must not al- allow the lobbyists to be the only people speaking to our representatives. We must let the representatives know, even though they don't listen to us, we, they must know <laughs> what the numbers are at least. And we'll need to we'll need to have something to hold against them before before they're executed. Maybe if that's what happens in the future, we have to have the the evidence of all these crimes. And if we're all silent, there's no there's no record. So we must we must hang paper upon all these people. Make sure that if they're if they're committing crimes, that the crimes are recorded. And we can do that. We must do it. I don't yeah. have a, a whole lot to uh, to say except that oh, maybe the the book that describes the Holocaust of Ireland is available on Amazon. Um, all proceeds from our American sales go to monuments over mass graves in Ireland over the whole of, the, of that time in Ireland. The there there have been four printings in Ireland. All four are. The fourth is sold out, fold sold out very rapidly. And there's an Australian uh, edition, which is being distributed now. So uh, tens of thousands of people are now familiar with the contents of my book. They know about how one genocide was perpetrated. And it's a pattern that of the one that we are now in the middle of. So mm-hmm. please... Please learn about what's going on. Pay attention. I'm not promoting my book. In fact, Tony Chaitkin's Who We Are, in my opinion, is by far the most important book to read uh, as to where we are today. It's about events of the 1800s, but it's in America. It it has all the American names. It shows who was on – one group on the side of the American system – and the other on the side of City of London, Wall Street, and the slavers. And we must all get on the side of the American system. The American system is the, 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 the shining city on a hill. There is such a thing. America is it to the extent that it is upholding those values. But there are so many people now controlling us. And the Bush, the Bush family, for example, were on the other side Forever, they never mm-hmm. did break away from the the nobility of of, of Britain, uh, royal family, city of London, and Wall Street. They are pro- prototypical of 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 the side who are against us. Hillary Clinton, another, very much on that side, and the entire neocon group. We all know who they are, and they 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 signed the Project for a New American Century. Their Absolutely. names are all there. 
So let us let us do a little study and let us learn where we are, and so we can act as citizens of a republic. That's Absolutely. about it for me, I think. Well, yeah, I'll throw a little bit more out there, and we'll call it a day. But I wanted to throw in just these uh, these food fires because I think you know that's one of the obvious things that people may or may not have seen lately, and it's a little bit different than the Irish Holocaust because they didn't have these food processing plants and the same sort of thing. But, I mean, once this stuff started happening, your name jumped in my head, and this probably seven, eight months ago. I should have got you on sooner to talk about this, but it just seemed like they're, they're a little bit of obfuscation. It's not quite like they they don't have British soldiers in Ireland stealing the food from people, but they're just doing it by sort of sleight of hand now. It's, oh, we've got another food plant fire. And I think we're at over 100 globally now where you've got these different facilities burning, exploding. And I had another guest mention this this just the other day. Two of them were hit by a plane. I'm like, what are the odds? I mean, at some point, I can't think of the quote, but who did it rather? Uh, Once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, and a third time is enemy action. And we're at yes. darn near 100 plus here. I think there's some sort of enemy action going on. And then when you look at the their own words, you're going to eat bugs. You're going to have nothing. You, you got Harari, you know, one of the other acolytes of, of these uh, yes. globalist scumbags. And they're all telling you the same thing. Yes. I'm just kind of waiting for the American people to catch up and go, wait a minute. They're trying to kill us. You know, like <laughs> Are you yes. are you in that same boat? You're just sort of like, when are the people going to realize they they mean what they say? I mean, like, it's like Hitler yes. coming out and saying, you know, I'm going to kill a couple million of you Jews, and everybody's just going, they're looking at their phone and they're watching sports and they're just, oh, Netflix is on again, and I'm like, yes, I, you know, what do you think? What's going to be the That's, wake up point? What's it going to take to get the the average Joe, if you will? Off the couch. My take is that if, if there were a few dozen or a few score or a few hundred more of you around. <laughs> yeah. that, and that you, absolutely. It's, it's salvageable. It's salvageable. Uh, but, but there's no time to lose. There's no, it is. We are so near losing the whole thing. It's, it's truly desperate now. So, again, contact your, your, your U.S. representatives uh, do all you can. Don't go down. Don't go down gently. Don't go down quietly. Fight to survive and fight to keep your children and your neighbor's children alive. That's about all I can think of. I mean, I think that's what we've got to do. I think once people really realize, hey, my leg's in a bear trap, and I'm up to my neck in quicksand, <laughs> like, I just keep wanting, you know, where's the fight? And I'm not calling for violence here, but at least people going, wait a minute, like they're trying to kill us all. I mean, the latest thing I'm seeing online is is the egg prices are out of sight or the egg egg shortages and eggs, you know, going up to 10 bucks a, a carton and so forth and so on. And I, I just think it's kind of one little ripple in the pond and eventually people are going to see the tidal wave. And, and I fear that it may be too late, you know. That is the fear. Uh, it might suit us all to also to learn to have gardens. Yeah, uh, I think anyone who can should have a garden. I asked a friend recently who was a mathematician from Ireland who goes back and forth to R- Russia after mm-hmm. the after the collapse to find out. I asked him to find out how they survived 
the transition from the Soviet system to a free enterprise system, which they have. Mm-hmm. And because a few million people died of hunger and of exposure during those few years, 1989, 1991. Mm-hmm. And he said he did ask a few people and he got pretty much the same reply from a number of them. And that is either come from a farm or have a family or friend with a farm. And in any event, if you can, keep poultry and a pig and definitely a garden. So that's the word of the people who survived the Russian uh, bad times of the, of the collapse. When a system collapses, there is always a, there has to be a few very bad years. Mm-hmm. And we're facing a collapse here. And uh, it would suit us to become as independent as possible. We cannot depend upon the grocery stores um, for many, many reasons. We've got to. We, we have to have developed some some contacts. Have a friend, a farmer. Have a relative of a farmer. Uh, have a garden. You, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, learn learn how to grow things. So that's 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 one little aspect of it all. And 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 when you can. Don't go along with the lies. Denounce the lies. Don't don't acquiesce. Stop acquiescing. Stop going along. Develop some courage. This is a time for for Americans of courage to stand up again. Yeah, I think there's, there's a big part of this that is mental. I think just just like you said, just when you hear you know somebody just spouting off lies to you, don't be afraid to call it out and say this is not accurate. This is baloney. This is balderdash. You know. And I think in much the same way, you know, you hear a lot of these self-help people of of daily affirmations and telling yourself good stuff. I think you've also got to call out the bad stuff. Otherwise, your brain's just sort of internally going, well, I, I guess I do need to wear this mask. And, you know, you got to call this mess out where you see it, I think, too. Yeah, it's not it's not all about feeling better about yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I think definitely you touched on this before, but. The education is is integral to their plan, and I think grandparents, parents, you know, neighbors. If you see children and you can help them to learn something legitimate, I think, I think that's going to be key because you see so many kids now that are just head down in phones and devices and so forth. And there's been a very obvious plan to remove things like carpentry, things like brick masonry, things like auto mechanics and farming from the the local high schools. I mean, that's gone as far as I can see. And even the trade schools have, at least where I'm at, have kind of just been consumed in the community college system where you used to be able to get out of high school and, okay, I want to go be a plumber so I can be an apprentice and take some classes. I don't know if that even is a thing anymore. I think they're intentionally trying to sort of snuff a lot of this out. So when the, the proverbial stuff does hit the fan, everybody's just going to be stuck you know, at the at the whim of of the soldiers at the door, basically. Yeah, we're not all beca- we're not all going to become members of the State Department. Yeah, <laughs> we do we do have to learn how to be useful to our fellow human beings, and and a simple way to do that is to say, how can I make money? In a mm-hmm. in a simple, honest system, you make money by being useful to your fellow man, and that and that's what we really must do: learn how to be useful. And, and and to be a contributor rather than an order giver, rather than to, to claim to to be superior to all others and to have a right to be an order giver. 
that's that is the disease that so much of the West has fallen for now. Somehow we will all study art and we will all, we'll give orders to the peasants. Uh, we better all start figuring out. We are the the people are the peasants, and the, and the more useful they can become to their fellow human beings, the better off we will all be. And that is the truth. Well, am I leaving anything out? Anything that you you need to talk about that we haven't already talked about, or questions, concerns, or stuff you want to plug? You definitely need to plug your website again for sure. Yeah, it's yes. In fact, the entire book, the latest edition of the book, is available gratis. Uh, as an ebook on irishholocaust.org, irishholocaust, all one word, dot org. By the way, maybe we could do one more of these, either as a result of the book that I just mentioned mm-hmm. or, or other human rights work my wife and I were doing. Absolutely. Uh, there were two series of crimes against us by the FBI. And it turns out that the same FBI who burst through our door with a gang of other FBI agents, all with drawn guns, and who locked us up in the federal jail in downtown Chicago at Clark and Van Buren, happens to be the same FBI agent who's in the film made by Clint Eastwood and Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. entitled Richard Jewell, named for the security guard at the Atlanta Olympics in 1996, who found the backpack bomb and brought it to the to the attention of the authorities. The same FBI agent who burst through our door and, and, and locked us up in the federal jail in downtown Chicago is the same FBI agent who's in that film. He's the evil FBI agent, Cat, in the film, Richard Jewell. And but he flew from to to frame Richard Jewell to get the news media to blame Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. He flew from Ireland where he was on a mission in Ireland. And that uh, that Irish mission is a, is another component of the whole evil system. And so maybe we could do another show in which we will describe the danger we are all in because those who are carrying guns ostensibly to protect us are now working with our enemies. That's the CIA, FBI, NSA. You can go. You can go through it. But I have all, and the same FBI agent framed me for the murder of a family I had never heard of in my life, and he would have pulled it off if the murderer didn't blab through his FBI cover. Man. So my life was saved by a murder people I'd never heard of in my whole life. But the FBI, the same FBI agent again, Patrick Buckley committed all those crimes and, and, and followed up by a massive crime in Ireland that freed up it freed up a crime that freed up the British army that enabled the neocons to go ahead with their with their wars in, in Iraq, Afghanistan, etc. Those wars could not be started without the British military. And and what what this self self same FBI agent did in Ireland freed up the British army and enabled the war is to go ahead, but that—that's another, another. Um, and I had, I'd like to be send you all the documentation because, and when we're talking about specific crimes, I think we need to have this, the documents mm-hmm. that prove the crimes, and so I'll, I'll, I'll get them to you, and and I, you'll have to post them because, because otherwise I'm only talking. But, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I was doing today while you were speaking. I was posting the images. So the the audience sees that 
over your voice. Wonderful, and wonderful. Yep. I didn't know you were doing that because all I could see was the same. That's great. Good oh, yeah. For you. I'll, sh- I'll send you okay. the whole links and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, we definitely have to talk about that because I think that is – that's another key to this whole thing. And and I'm not besmirching the military or those good members of law enforcement exactly. or anything else. However, exactly. however yeah, – we- yeah, we're we're looking for the good ones to turn yeah. into the bad ones. I, I mean, I think you know it's kind of this double edged sword. I think so so often blindly, the people that are more conservative say, "Oh, we love the police and the military," and I always think, "Yeah, but the yes, caveat is it. they are the people yes. that are going to take you to the camps. They're always the people, whether whatever genocide you're talking about, whether you're talking about the." the Chinese, the Russian, the Jewish, and so forth, or the Irish, it's yeah. always those in the uniform that are just following orders. <laughs> uh, well, yes, and usually, in fact, in almost all cases, they're following orders from the same set of people, and yes. that's our problem today. So, so thank you so very much. I really appreciate this time, and maybe we've done some good. You're doing, with, with, there oh. with a the microphone, that's massive good, thank and you. I hope that's you what's too. needed. More power to you, and thank you so much. <laughs> well, if you'll stick around for about 30 seconds, I'll I'll close up on this end, and I'll talk to you off the air. Okay. All right. Folks, if you missed any of that, you got to check it out, anomicage.com. The link there, irishholocaust.com, that's going to be available in the D- show dot, links. Dot org. Oh, dot I'm org. sorry. Dot org. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, sir. I'm glad I still had you mic'd up. Irishholocaust.org. O-R-G. I apologize. Yeah, the correct one is there on the screen. It was the whole time um, he was talking, and it'll be in the show links and as well the information on our guest. So, please, anomicage.com is where you can go to rewatch today's episode. We got a previous episode as well with our guest. If you'd like to check that out, Christopher Fogarty, irishholocaust.org. Please go there. And as always, anomicage.com. So we're going to find today's show, the video, the audio, and the past shows as well. As I always say, you can't do everything, but you can do something. So please try to get out there and do your part and make a difference. Until next time, I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomicage. Thank you for listening to The Anomic Age, a John Age project. For past shows, further info, and to comment, go to anomicage.com. That's A N O M I C A G E.com. Till next time, thank you for listening to The Anomic Age. I'm <laughs> sorry.